Side Hustle Show 129, why you should quit your side hustle and what to do instead. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where it's all about ideas, action, and results. This is episode 129, why you should quit your side hustle and what to do instead. Definitely more on the ideas side of that, ideas, action, results today. My guest is going to argue that your side hustle is actually holding you back, that you should stop it, and it should go to work for somebody else. Now, if that sounds like counterintuitive advice, it, it definitely is. It stands in pretty sharp contrast to the previous 128 episodes of the show. But you'll hear him make the case on uh, why following this path can actually accelerate your growth as an entrepreneur and help you reach your goals faster. He likes to, big, uh, he likes to use big words like trajectory and altitude. And uh, he's someone I first came across as a frequent guest on the Tropical MBA podcast, one of my favorite shows. He's the best-selling author of The End of Jobs, which is probably equal parts terrifying and optimistic. Uh, so I'm excited to welcome Taylor Pearson to the program from taylorpearson.me. He says you should quit your side hustle and get an apprenticeship instead. So stick around in this episode to learn what an apprenticeship is, how that's likely different from your current job, how to land a great one and deliver great results while you're there, and how to leverage that experience into a full-time business of your own. All the notes, highlights, tips, and scripts are available uh, from this episode in a free PDF download at sidehustlenation.com slash 129 or through the link in the episode description of your podcast player app. Already, let's roll. An apprenticeship is an agreement where you, um, as the potential apprentice, go and cut a deal with an experienced entrepreneur um, where you're basically going to say, look, I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to create a lot of value and I want to trade that for an increased trajectory. So the, the biggest framework around apprenticeships, I think, is this idea of trajectory and exit velocity. So if you're looking out on, um, you know, a five year time frame and you kind of have a vision for where you want to be, what's the quickest way to get there? And I think, um, one, one mistake or one thing I see a lot of people do is they're like, uh, come to this position where I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to make 10K a month within six months. Um, that's like an arbitrary metric I feel like a lot of people shout out. And a lot of times what that leads to is pursuing kind of short-term arbitrages. I know this was something I did originally. I was like, okay, I'm going to build up. This is in like 2011 when SEO was still kind of easy to game. I was like, I'm going to build up all these um, SEO WordPress sites selling Google AdSense. Okay. And that was what I did. And of course, I was using all these like black hat SEO techniques. Because it worked. And yeah, because it worked at the time, but it, it was very short term thinking, right? I was thinking like, how can I get to, um, you know, X number, X number of dollars per month as fast as possible? Um, so I can, you know, quit my job and, um, be able to travel and be able to do some of the things I wanted to do. Um, and so, you know, like I said, that completely tanked and I kind of refactored or rethought about my approach to the whole situation and bought into this idea of increasing trajectory. Um, and so I think what you can get through an apprenticeship that you can't get through uh, a side hustle or working on your own is one relationships. I think a lot of people, myself certainly included, really 
undervalued the importance of relationships. Um, I think a lot of people get drawn to kind of this entrepreneurial route because they have a desire for freedom and autonomy. Mm-hmm. You know, those two often get conflated or, you know, get confused with saying like, you know, I don't want anyone to be my boss. I'm only going to be responsible to myself. Um, and a lot of times what that seems to end up happening is, you know, the desire to have no boss means your bosses are your five pay-per-click uh, clients that are plumbers in Milwaukee. Um, and you're spending 10 hours a week talking with plumbers in Milwaukee to manage their pay-per-click campaigns. Um, they're not really teaching you anything about business or entrepreneurship. Um, unless you want to be a plumber in Milwaukee, they're not connecting you to a network that's valuable. And so with an apprenticeship instead, you take that kind of mindset of, yeah, everyone's got a boss. And so what I want to do is I want to pick um, a boss that can increase my trajectory and to go work for someone that has those kind of relationships, uh, the relationships you want to cultivate and the people you want to be around. That was, a inter- that was one line in the book that really stood out for me. You don't need a business idea. You need relationships. Yeah. And I think part of the reason I wrote this book, actually, I was at a conference um, in October last year, and I had three much more experienced entrepreneurs basically come up to me. I kind of pitched this idea in a Q&A session, and I'm, I'm thinking about writing a book. And um, one of them was leading the session, and two of them came up to me afterwards. They're like, yeah, I thought about writing that book now, um, but I just don't have the time. And like I found that to be true over and over. You know, if you um, if you're hanging out with a guy that's working on a hundred million idea, like he can't be bothered by ten million dollar ideas. Um, and he'll you know he'll just give those away for free, or she'll give those away for free, um, because it's not you know it's an opportunity cost question. And it's not worth their time. Um, and I mean I see people drop those kind of opportunities all the time. And if someone is willing to pick them up and run with them and execute on them, they really are ten million dollar ideas uh, in many cases. So rather than doing the, the side hustle or, you know, trying to do freelancing on the side. It's like, hey, you know, figure out where you want to be in five to 10 years and try and find, try and locate that person or that small business that's already there. Is that kind of the, the basic idea here? Yeah. Pick someone that's already there or pick someone that's on the path. Okay. I'm trying to um, envision like what, what if that path I want is that 10K in passive income in six months, not not five years. So like that's a, a little bit of a hurdle to uh, to get over. What do you like? What do you like? It seems like a much maybe maybe a more sustainable approach, but a little bit of a slower approach. It is a little bit of a slower approach. I think I don't think there are impossible goals, but there are impossible timelines. And the kind of people that I've seen get to 10K a month in passive income are guys that have been in the game for 10 years and have a lot of relationships and have a lot of assets. I've, uh, you know, I've been hanging around this community for four or five years now, and I've just like never seen the guy that goes from zero to 10K in passive revenue in six months, and it's sustainable. Like I, I've seen guys do it all the time, and I've seen guys do it in the yeah. last six months with um, like Amazon. Um, they like white label mm-hmm. some product and throw it up on Amazon. I know that's hot right now. Very hot. And my bold prediction is like, it's not going to last. Like if they're gaming Amazon's algorithm. It's like bad for Amazon's business to have people, um, abusing their platform by gaming their algorithm. And like, just like Google shut me down four years ago, those guys are going to get shut down. Now, some of them are being very smart about it and they're, you know, using Amazon to get distribution and bring those people back to their website. Or they've just got that set up and they're using the cash flow from that to invest in something more sustainable and more long term. But those are largely arbitrage opportunities. So trying to build that as a trying to turn an arbitrage into a sustainable business is not something I've seen work in the past. 
No, that makes sense. Like all like I mean the niche site thing, the you know, the Kindle Gold Rush thing, like the the Teespring thing, there's always these, you know, kind of hot, you know, different business ideas that come in, uh that come in on the side for people to to dive into. Even like in my business, like it was an arbitrage scheme at its at its base and it lasted for ten years. I had a really good run. But, you know, ultimately the margins, you know, wore out or the margins didn't last. So um it was more of you know, now what you're talking about, like the relationships, the the skills in, you know, you know systemizing some of the stuff, the outsourcing, the processes that went all uh, that went all into it that have kind of let me move on to the next uh, to the next project. And I'm I'm pro arbitrage. I think you just have to the danger is seeing an arbitrage as a sustainable competitive advantage. Right. Like, um, you know, my SEO thing that crashed was an arbitrage. But I leverage it into something a little more sustainable. And, you know, in my case, an apprenticeship where I went to this guy and said, look, so I did all this spammy SEO and it didn't work. But I understand how good SEO works. And I also did that. I understand how WordPress works. And I also did that. I can set up databases. Um, you know, I, I have a skill set around this. And I've also demonstrated I'm the kind of person that, that does something. And I took some action. It was the wrong action. But, you know, like, that's okay. Cause like once, once you've got some momentum, once people can see that trajectory, I think opportunities tend to pop up, or at least they have for me, and they have for a lot of other people I've seen. Yeah, once you're, once you're in motion, things uh, things start to start um, start coming your way. So is this a full time thing? Like I'm going to quit my job, I'm going to go look for an apprenticeship instead. It is. I've seen now. I uh, I give a caveat. I have seen some people that are able to do it part time. Um, that like come in and help with like a specific project for 20 hours a week for three to six months. So like, okay. I've seen this with, like podcast editors, like, you know, you say, Hey, I'll edit your podcast. You pick people with well-known podcasts and say, I'll do a really good job editing your podcast for free for three months. And if I, I do a good job, I'd like to ask you to pay me after three months. And I'd like for you to refer me to three friends. Um, so I have seen that work. Um, I think in some cases it's, uh, it's not as effective because you don't get as much of the relationships, but it definitely works. And I've definitely seen people pull that off. Um, I think the value of full time is that when, when I'm hiring someone or like when I, I see people hiring people, you're, they're really like kind of two things you're paying for, which it's hard to get part time. One is, you know, what I, what I would call definition. So like, um, a lot of people come to me and say like, oh, what, or what can I do? I'm sure you have lots of people approach like, what can I do for you? And that's a really hard question to answer because once you've actually figured out what to do, Actually, getting it done isn't that hard. It's, it's figuring out, like, of all these things going on, how can I define what needs to get done? Um, and it's very hard for someone that's part-time to get enough context uh, in the business to be able to offer that kind of leverage to the business owner, right? Like, if you're a, con- a part-time person, in most cases, you're kind of a, a plug-and-play contractor, and you can't create the kind of leverage you can um, if you're in a full-time position. And you know, the flip side of that is if you're not creating leverage, they can't invest in you, right? They can't invest in mentorship. They can't invest in hiring other people to work under you or work with you because they're still the ones that are under leveraged and they have to bring someone, they have to bring someone in full time, um, to leverage themselves up. So my argument is, you know, you can be that person. You can be that person. You can do this. So you're taking a little bit of a leap. This is like, would be considered your first step down this entrepreneurial path is getting uh, a different type of job. It's like um, maybe my my day job is not giving me the trajectory that I'm looking for. So I'm looking for something uh, slightly slightly different. So do the, like versus an internship. I assume an apprenticeship is still paid, but perhaps not as highly paid as a regular role. 
or 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 is it? A lot of I've seen it structured both ways. I like to hire people paid, even if it's low paid initially, just because it's easier to be critical with people that you're paying, right? So like I'm paying you to deliver results, and I'm not getting results, and so the relationship's <laughs> a little cleaner. But I, you know, I uh, I saw Charlie Hone, who I know talks about free work a lot. He posted something the other day um, where someone had sent him an email. Um, and the guy started out in an unpaid internship uh, six years ago, working with this experienced entrepreneur. And he, uh, he emailed Charlie that experienced entrepreneur just happened to be one of the founders of Uber. And he is now the head of global operations for Uber um, and is worth over a billion dollars. And he started working for free. Um, so, you know, f- free work or cheap work and kind of coming in and, and showing you're willing to do that and willing to work hard. Uh, it definitely works. Um, and that's, I've heard multiple stories like that. I've never heard one. That's the first billionaire story I've heard. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> but, but certainly like that level of trajectory and being able to increase trajectory and exit velocity um, is a very real phenomenon. What, what do you think about where it's like, hey, I've got, uh, you know, how am I going to make rent? if I'm going to be taking this. I can't really afford to do free work right now. I got bills to pay. I got a family to feed. Yeah, I mean, it definitely depends on the situation. Obviously, a lot of the guys that go in and do this, and this was my situation too, is um, I took a really low-paying job and I managed it because I had moved to Asia where things were really, really cheap. Um, and yeah, I took, I've taken two apprenticeships basically, and one I managed by living at home with my parents and one I managed by living in Asia. So yeah, I think if you're not in a position where you can do one of those things, you definitely have to get creative about how you structure it. Um, one thing I see happen is... Um, if you can start working part-time, you can bump yourself up into a full-time position over time. Um, a lot of times I'll see like entrepreneurs say, you know, if we can get to X in monthly revenue, I'll hire you full-time where you can um, leave your job, you know, move to where you want to move and work from where you want to work with. And we'll, like, we'll make this your full-time focus and energy. So like getting yourself in a position where you can start doing five hours work a week with them and then 10 hours um, and maybe that's some side income you can use as savings while you're still working your day job um, and then slowly leverage that into um, a full-time apprenticeship. So let's talk about how I should go about uh, finding this type of role because I imagine this is not something that's going to be listed on Monster or on Craigslist or anything like that. It sounds like in your case, it was a proactive outreach. Yeah, actually, Craigslist is probably the best place if you want to look on a job board because People in, you know, small businesses, 10 million or under are usually not paying headhunters. Okay. So I, I've, I've seen a lot of people actually get these positions on Craigslist. Okay. Um, so Craigslist is not a bad spot. Obviously, there's a lot of dangerous stuff there as well. Um, but this, the route I had success with and I've seen other people success with is, like you said, cold approaching people. Um, and I think cold approaching people that are on the path you're looking for, but maybe aren't public figures. So the way I did it was I knew I wanted to, I basically figured out if I could sell stuff on the internet, uh, that was a good skill set to have. And I could like figure out the rest of it later. So I was living with my parents at the time. I cold emailed every marketing agency in the city and said, um, you know, this time my, my SEO advertising business had totally crumbled. But I said, hey, look, I got these WordPress sites. I know how to use WordPress. I know how basic SEO works. Um, you know, I know a little bit about um, you know, setting up databases and all this kind of stuff. So you don't have to train me on this. I already know it. So there's no training cost for you. Like, let me come work with you for cheap for 20 hours a week. And if it works out, maybe we can turn to something more. And so that was how I got started. And I approached local marketing agencies. And not a lot of guys are cold approaching local marketing agencies. 
because again, like they're not kind of podcasting, blogging about this stuff on a regular basis. So I think those kind of opportunities looking for organizations that, you know, local businesses or, um, like Toastmasters, I know is one that a lot of guys go to. Uh, I think those are really good opportunities. The other place is, uh, the Inc. 5000 list. Okay. Is public. You can download the Inc. 5000 list and see if any of them are in your local area. Cause a lot of them, they won't be publicly looking for this kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but they are very fast growing businesses. Usually almost inherently have to be run by pretty successful entrepreneurs if they're growing that rapidly. So I have a number of firms that have worked in Inc. 5000 businesses as apprentices and have gone on to be really successful afterwards. Hmm, that's a that's a good tack. Find find somebody on this fast growing company list that's local, or, or does it even matter if they're local? I guess it could be remote too. And then say this is my skill set. This is what I can help you out with. Uh, what do you think? Is it, is it as simple as that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it is. Um, and as with, I think if you've never done cold emailing or cold calling before, like an epic cold email response rate is like three to seven percent. Like industry averages, use like one to two percent. So um, okay, okay. So don't, don't be discouraged. <laughs> don't email two people and have no one respond and, and be discouraged. You know, like email email a couple hundred people, and um, if four respond out of two hundred, you're like above industry averages. Okay. <laughs> any any tips for like making your email more attractive or more respondable? Uh, yeah, and actually, I I have a bunch of cold email templates. Um, I can send over if people want to customize. But get straight to the point. Hi, my name is Taylor. I have experience doing WordPress, SEO. Uh, here's an example of two sites I built. I'm interested in helping your business. You know, I looked at your website and I saw you have an SEO optimized these landing pages. Um, I'd like to come help you with SEO. Um, could I come by the office briefly for 15 minutes next week at a time where it's convenient with you? Thanks. Okay. It's, it's very familiar to kind of like, you know, going back in time, right? Like medieval you know, medieval times and like I'm picturing like the blacksmith guild or something like I'm going to apprentice under this guy because this is the job I eventually hope to have. or This is the this is the business I eventually hope to have. Um, just kind of taking a more a more modern approach to it. Yeah. And I think I think that's part of what's persuasive to me about about why I'm very bullish on them is like it worked for two millennia. Um, so it's got like quite a good track record <laughs> as an effective way to get into uh, a profession. Yeah, definitely. So what's so what's next? Obviously, you got to deliver results, or this whole thing is a bust. Yeah, and I think I mean the next step is to um, is to deliver results and come in and and make it happen. I think if you're if you're cold approaching businesses to come work for them, I think you at that point you've already demonstrated like a level of entrepreneurial spirit, right? Like uh, very few people are willing to do that. Like most people are sitting on monster, like submitting their resume over and over. Um, and so like sending the email alone is a differentiator, but I think, you know, I guess one thing that, that seems to be the case with people who are most successful in apprenticeships are people who make it their main focus and they're able to, you know, increase their long-term trajectory by, you know, kind of in many cases, um, taking, taking the long route or taking the, the seemingly slow route and not having a ton of side projects. I know a lot of entrepreneurs who are looking for these apprenticeship positions and they get to this like make or break point either in the interview or like very early on in the apprenticeship where it becomes clear that they're not willing to give up um, side projects. So I think, you know, that was something I did. That was something I've seen, you know, people that went and worked. I can think of two friends I had that went and worked in Inc. 5000 companies 
and we're working, um, you know, very hard and very focused on that one business and how to grow it and how to kind of help that entrepreneur's vision come to life. And that I'm um, in the long run that has worked out well for them, that it's been easier for them to realize their own visions, um, on a five or on a 10 year time frame because they've been able to, to build that skill set in those relationships. Was it a cold email that got you in the door at the portable bar company? It was. I sort I applied for a job posting. So the actual job I got, they put up as a job posting, okay. but I had been emailing, I've been emailing with them for probably two years. Okay. Almost two years. By the time they knew, they the knew who you were. Yeah. I, actually, I, so I applied for a job, uh, with them or an apprenticeship with them nine months before and did not get it. So they interviewed me and they basically said, you seem pretty smart, but you don't have any skills. And at the time, um, I didn't have any, I had like one WordPress site. I hadn't done any SEO. Um, and so I, you know, did the WordPress sites, got some SEO experience, went to work at a marketing agency, started as an intern at a marketing agency. And then in about six months, I become a project manager at that marketing agency and quit my other job to, to do that full time. Okay. Um, and so I think a big part of the reason they gave me that opportunity was they saw my trajectory. Like nine months ago, he was smart, but he wasn't really doing much. And now, um, you know, he, he still seems to be reasonably intelligent and he's got all these marketing skills. So like imagine where, you know, if we gave him and if we invest in him and he invests in us and growing our business, you know, together, that could be kind of a one plus one equals 23 opportunity. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting paradox of like, Hey, I want this apprenticeship to get experience, but I have to have at least some experience to be able to, to get that role. One one of the interesting points of of doing this, one of the interesting advantages of doing this, rather than trying to build your e-commerce business, your side hustle, like whatever it is, like totally on your own, is like now all of a sudden the numbers can become much larger, much more impressive for potential clients down the road, right? So at the at the portable bar company, like, hey, this is already six-figure business. Now we can grow it, whatever the, your case study was, like 500% or something over, you know, 18 months. And all of a sudden that has an air of legitimacy to it. Like I'm taking existing, you know, existing businesses, existing processes to, you know, an entirely new level versus like, oh, I built this thing from scratch, but it still is only doing 12 grand a month. Yeah. So that was what, that was what launched my consulting career basically is because I wrote a case study. We grew the business. We were able to grow it fairly rapidly. Um, started in the low six figures, grew 5X over 18 months. I wrote this case study, you know, I, I don't know, six or 8,000 words and like, you know, just laid it out. Like, this is how I did it. Um, and then a bunch of people emailed me and said, Hey, you know, I've got a business that's, you know, six figures or low seven figures. Like, I'd like for you to come help me grow it. Yeah. Uh, 5X. And they could, you know, at that point, um, they could justify an investment, right? Like, if you're in the low seven figures, you can pay thousands of dollars a month to invest in marketing and growth. Um, whereas, you know, trying to convince someone the first time around, um, if they have a smaller business, which is typically where you have to start if you don't have any experience, um, they just don't have, they don't have much money to invest in growth and marketing like a larger business will. But, you know, it's, it's like that catch 22 of you have to be able to demonstrate results. Um, so like, how do you demonstrate results? And like, at least for me, the solution was to get an apprenticeship. How do you know when the apprenticeship is, is over? Like when you, you've gotten, you delivered all that you can reasonably and it's time to move on and, and do your own thing. So I think, I think about the whole thing in terms of trajectory. The reason, um, I, I left when I did was, you know, like we just sat down and had a very frank conversation and there just wasn't anywhere. 
I was trying to move up in the organization and there was nowhere else to go. Okay. Um, and so I walked away. So I think you, you, it's valuable as long as you are like, are you looking out five years and saying, you know, is this going to be increasing my trajectory or keeping it flat? And like when you look around and, um, it looks like you're going to be doing the same stuff next year as you are this year. That's a problem. Hmm. Um, and that's when you need to get out. And then, you know, finding your first solo clients, you're going after kind of similar businesses, but maybe not necessarily directly competing businesses or you don't really care. Yeah, I wouldn't go after a competitor, but I think, you know, at least for like, I, I went after B2B e-commerce uh, businesses and I specifically targeted businesses at least half a million in revenue or more. So I knew they had, um, they had some cash to invest in marketing. I tried to go, you know, once you get up into the seven figures, it, it's much better. Um, and so I, I started targeting those kinds of clients. And of course there's what, hundreds of B2B niches. So there was never a direct competitor. Okay. Yeah. It's fascinating stuff, man. Taylor, thanks so much for, for joining me. Taylor, uh, is at taylorpearson.me. We'll link that up in the show notes along with all of the resources mentioned. And we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. I think in longer time frames. I think, I think even better than five years is 25 years. So maybe if you're thinking about where you want to be in six months, um, start thinking about where you want to be in 25 years first and then do your six-month or three-month planning off of that. And I think that that will pay dividends in the long run. That is a tip that no one else has offered up on the show before. So I think that's a, a really interesting one. Reverse. See, think think way down the road and then think back, okay, what am I going to do today to take action to get me there? Cool stuff. Taylor, thanks so much. We'll, uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Let's talk about Taylor's apprenticeship thing. One thing that stood out to me was uh, his his call to pick your boss wisely. Now, we talked really briefly about Taylor's stint at the Portable Bar Company, which is one of the businesses behind the scenes at the Tropical MBA podcast, which is where I first heard of Taylor. And, and I apologize, I didn't do a great job of explaining that connection during the recording. But along the lines of picking your boss wisely, he actively pursued roles that helped him learn, practice, and demonstrate his desired skill set of selling things on the internet, quote, selling things on the internet. That's going to be a valuable skill for years to come, right? And that's where, that's where he wanted to go. And in the case of the Portable Bar Company, his bosses through, the, through their podcast, through the community that they built, are very well connected in the entrepreneurial space, which, uh, which check that relationship box for, uh, for Taylor as well. Remember, you don't need a business idea, you need relationships. So all the notes and highlights plus Taylor's actual email correspondence from his first apprenticeship uh, pitch, his first successful apprenticeship pitch, uh, are available in a free PDF download at sidehustlenation.com slash 129 or through the link in the episode description of your podcast player app. And cool news, you should be able now to request access to those files directly through the Jabbercast app. You've heard, Lee, uh, you've heard me mention Jabbercast the past few weeks on the show. Um, it's because I'm excited to be one of their launch partners for their podcast player, which features enhanced content for the Side Hustle show and, uh, and some of your other favorites. So check it out at shs.jabbercast.com. Really slick interface. Uh, I think you're going to like it. It's iOS only right now. So Android people, they're coming for you soon. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, let's go out there, make something happen, and I'll see you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. 
Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. 